Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 549, and we'll sing the doxology together, number 549. is hymn number 694. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole. With his stripes we are healed. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 399, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. Thank you. 
Amen. Thank you for singing with me this morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, it is so wonderful to be in your house this morning as we come and worship you. And Lord, we are so thankful for this opportunity that we have to worship you freely according to our faith in you and according to our conscience and what we believe in as followers of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we come before you with our needs and requests, we also think of the needs of family members and of friends, the needs of the patients that are here throughout this medical center, the needs of the staff that are working, the needs of the family members that will be visiting. And Lord, we just lift them all up to you because we know as we have our own individual needs, as we have our own individual struggles, so they have their individual needs and struggles as well. And Lord, as we pray for ourselves, we also pray for them. And Lord, we think of others throughout this city, throughout this state, throughout this nation, throughout the world in which we live. And God, right now you are calling to mind those people that you want us to pray for. And Lord, we lift them up to you. And God, we would ask that in all of the circumstances that you would remind them that they are never alone, that you haven't forsaken them, even in the darkest moments of grief and pain. You are there with them. And God, we are so thankful that you have taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 395, Marvelous Grace of Our Loving Lord.
Our scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us this morning by our time of prayer, by the time of reading your scripture, by the time of us singing hymns, reminding us of the grace that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, we are just so consumed by your love and your presence. And God, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you for that. And God, I would ask that you would help me to continue the reminders of that presence in our lives. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and we actually have the palms out, and feel free to take a palm uh, when you leave here today to remember of Christ's entry into Jerusalem, where he was beginning his time in which he would be going to the cross and being put to death but also the reminder that he rose from the grave and then later on he ascended into heaven. So even though the story starts off with people saying Hosanna and glory to him and worshiping him in that sense in terms of who he was as the representation of the Messiah as Christ and we also see as we will talk about next week his death, his crucifixion, but also his resurrection and what that means for us. So Jesus is sharing with the disciples and identifying with them in terms of who they were and the understanding that they had of the stories of the Hebrew scriptures. And one of those stories is Jesus' reference to the fact that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness... So the Son of God, Son of Man, must be lifted up. And that story goes back to when the Israelites were in the Exodus process going to the Promised Land. And at the time that Jesus is referencing this this part uh, in the Scriptures, the Israelites had just had a tremendous victory over the Canaanites. In fact, uh, they were feeling pretty good about it because God had given them that victory. But there was another nation called Edom, and the the king of Edom would not let the Israelites pass through on their way. And so Moses told the Israelites in their exodus process that they had to go around the nation of Edom, the country of Edom, to get to the promised land that God had for them. And the people did not like that. The people were grumbling. The people were very upset about the fact that Here we are, so close, we just had this tremendous victory, and now we have to go and go in a different direction. 
hundreds of miles to get to where we need to be in the promised land is, that is for us. And so they began to grumble and they began to complain. And they began to complain about the fact that they didn't have any food, which was not true because God had provided them manna from heaven every day. And they were sick of the manna. They were tired of having to look for water. And they were just belly aching about everything. And so God sent serpents, snakes, to the Israelites, and these serpents, these snakes, were fiery snakes, fiery serpents. And they believed that every time that they were bitten, there was an intense burning sensation that, they, that took place. And then you would die after you received the snake bite. So God told Moses to make a, a bronze serpent and to put it on a staff, And all those that were bitten, if they looked upon the staff with the bronze serpent on it, believing that they would be healed, that they would be saved, that death would not occur to them. And so that's exactly what happened. Those that had been bitten by the snakes, by the serpents, when they looked upon the image on the staff, that they were healed, they were saved from death. And Jesus gives us that example And it's an interesting example because if you think about it, a couple of things here. Later on, he will be raised up, right, on a cross. And that symbol would represent to many people later on the fact that he is our healer from eternal death. That if we believe in faith on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, that we too will have life and that we will have it abundantly. And so Jesus gave his disciples this example, and they knew of the story. They knew what had happened to the Israelites during their exodus. They knew of their belly aching and their griping. And I'm always so glad when I read those stories that people in the past are the same that we are today. We grumble, we gripe about our circumstances We complain when things are going so well for us and then we feel that God is on our side and that nothing can stop us, but then all of a sudden God takes us in a different direction. And I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling that I'm on a winning streak, I don't want that winning streak to stop. I want it to continue. And when God tells me to go in a different direction that seems to be contrary to what I am thinking and contrary to my plans, I find myself grumbling, complaining, belly aching, upset with God that he's not fulfilling the plans that I have. So the people of the past in the scriptures, they are no different than you and I. Because we too probably would be responding in the same way that the Israelites responded. Because they wanted to get to their final destination. And it reminds me, when you have children in the car with you, and you're going on a long journey, and they keep on asking again and again and again, when are we going to get there? You ever have that happen to you? I have that happen to me. Every time the grandkids get in the car with me, and we're going for a little bit of a a distance, and they keep on wanting to know after a few minutes, when are we going to get there? We ask the same question of God. When are we going to get there? 
When are we going to receive the rewards that you have told us all about? When are we going to see and understand fully the life that you want us to have? But God tells us, as Jesus told the disciples in this brief passage of Scripture, that we are to have faith that God is in control of our circumstances. And many times that is difficult for us to understand because we do not like to go through trials. And when we have to go through trials, we know and we understand, but yet we still don't like it. The scriptures tell us that we are to persevere, that we are to have perseverance. And through that perseverance, it gives us the faith that we need to have. And through the faith that we have, we have that eventual understanding of hope that we have in God. That is the lesson that God was trying to show the Israelites during the Exodus through Moses. That is what Christ is trying to show his disciples. That is what God is trying to show us today as we look to Christ's example in our life. That God wants us to persevere even though we don't like the trials. We need to acknowledge those trials. And we need to persevere understanding that God is with us, that he has not forsaken us. And it's through that perseverance when we keep our eyes upon God that we begin to see and understand the faith that he wants us to have in all things. And as we begin and to see and understand the faith that God wants us to have, he gives us that hope that passes all of our understanding, that passes, surpasses all of our reasoning, all of our logic, all of the things that should make sense, but yet they don't but yet we see them totally and completely in the hope that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Because Palm Sunday for us is that triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And if you will, a victory. A victory. And seeing and understanding the Messiah to the people that were there. But yet we know how the story continues on during that week and at the end of that week. But then we see as Christ persevered and as Christ had hope, as had the faith, then we see the hope that God gives us through what the cross provides for us. And there's a teaching moment in that for each and every one of us. Because you and I are no different in the eyes of God. We have the same desires. We want to have a life that is good. And when we have trials, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be financial, we cry out to God. And God reminds us that as we persevere, as we don't give up, that through that effort, not on our own, but God walking by our side, we receive and understand the faith that God wants us to have. And in that faith, we see the hope that God wants us to have. 
in this life and in the life to come. Because you see, Jesus Christ not only gave us eternal life that is to come, but the life that God has for us right now. I was reading something the other day and the author was stating the facts that if we feel depressed about something, it's probably because we are looking at the past and the if-onlys and the things that we have liked to have changed if we could. And if we have anxiety, it's probably because we are looking to the future, trying to anticipate things that may happen or may not happen in our lives. And the author stressed the importance about looking at our everyday lives, the time that we have with each other, the time that we have with God, and the peace that can be given to us when we focus on what we do have. Not the things of the past, not the things that may be before us, but on the things that we have now. And the things that we have now in which you and I can embrace and enjoy. That you and I can enjoy the relationship and the life that God wants us to have. And understanding that gives us the peace that truly does pass all of our understanding. And as we sang the hymns this morning about God's grace, it is grace that covers the past, covers the future, and covers the present. And when we understand that, our life becomes more and more meaningful in everything we do. We begin and value the sense of time that God has given us with individuals, and we cherish that time that we have. And when we cherish those moments of the present that we have, we have this peace because we know we are following God. We know that we are persevering with God. And we know and we understand that as we enjoy that moment, and it is with faith believing in all things. You and I have had trials of a different kind, because each one of us, as we have journeyed through life, have experienced different things. But yet the trials... The whole idea of suffering, the whole idea of making mistakes, the whole idea of needing forgiveness, the whole idea of understanding that without Christ in our lives, that we are truly nothing. It is the same. It is the same for you. It is the same for me. Because then we see as we are walking with God and we get to that place where we put our hope in all things in God, that we have that patience that makes us enjoy the present time that we have, gives us that peace, because then we see that we're in that process that God wants us to have that makes us more mature in understanding the things of God. And as we have that maturity, as we grow in Christ, we see ourselves in a sense of preparedness that whatever is before us, that we will not be afraid. Because greater is he that is in you, right? The Spirit of God, 
than he that is in the world. And we have that sense of being prepared for the unknowns, whatever they might be. Because we know that we are walking with God. And when we are walking with God, we too are lifted up. We're lifted up above those things that have been causing us so much emotional problems. So many things that have been upsetting to us. So many things that has confused us. And God lifts us up above all that. He lifts us up to give us a vantage point that we can only see when we are walking with God. A vantage point that is above all of it. Because when you're involved in conflict, when you are involved in a situation that is creating either depression or anxiety, you really can't see your way to get out of it until you get above it all. And God gives us the opportunity as we walk with God and as we understand our relationship with Christ. It is that hope that gives us the opportunity to see things from a different perspective, to see it from above. And it is one of those miraculous things that's hard to describe, but we find ourselves removed from the conflict and we are able to see it for ourselves the way it needs to be seen so we can take the appropriate action that we need to do to make it right before God so we can do the right thing in our lives that God wants us to do. And then as we are doing those things, we find and we see the relationships that God has us with other people in a very unique and different way because we understand the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to the people that are around us because we are not afraid. We are not afraid because we know what the future is going to be like but then we understand that in the present moment that God is with us always. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Do you believe that? That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe that? For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to the world through him, that it may be saved. Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, God will give you the strength that you need to have to persevere through whatever those trials may be, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's later this week, whether it's later this month, whether it's sometime this year. To believe in what God has done for you gives you the strength and the understanding that you need to persevere through those. And we will see and we will understand just like the Israelites understood when they looked upon the serpent on the staff, with faith believing, they were healed. And in the same way, when we think of the cross, and we look at what Jesus has done for us on the cross, it gives us that faith believing to heal us, to heal us from the sin that is in our lives to heal us, to give us the freedom that we need to have to do the things that God wants us to do. 
And then we see through all of those circumstances that God gives us that hope, that unites us, that makes us different as followers of His Son, Jesus Christ. It is that hope that we have that makes us the followers of Jesus Christ, that makes us the church of Jesus Christ. And it is in that hope that we find that security. It is in that hope that we find the peace that God wants us to have. So it is my hope and prayer that as we look through this week and Easter coming up on next Sunday, that we understand that God wants us to have all of that, all of our hopes, all of our dreams, all of our desires. He wants us to take all of those things before Him and allow God to take us through each one of those steps to achieve not our will, but the will of God working in our lives. Because that is the right thing to do. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion as we come before God wanting to do the right thing and embracing that relationship that he always has for us. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us again and again how you want us to come to you in all things. And God, forgive us when we have not embraced the grace that you have for us. Forgive us when we have not put our trust in you in the way that we should. Forgive us for not having the faith that you can save us from the things that we are experiencing and the challenges that we are having in our lives. And God, all we can say right now is how thankful we are that you love us and that you care for us just the way we are and how thankful we have in that relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Forgive us, God, of our sins. Help us to embrace the freedom that we have in Christ so that we can do the right thing in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.
receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please turn with me in your hymnals to number 389, Just As I Am. Thank you for coming.